Welcome, Brian Muccio, to the Golden Home Fitness Radio Podcast. You ready to get started? Yep. Great. Perfect. Um, so we're just going to start out, basically, introduce yourself, give us some background, um, and basically, why did you become a personal trainer? Kind of some of that origin story of um, how and why uh, you got into personal training, health and wellness, uh, just in general. Yeah, so um, thank you for having me on. Um, I was involved in uh, martial arts initially since I was just a teenager, um, and uh, I've always have had a love for sports, uh, martial arts, exercise, um, and uh, about nine or ten years ago, I decided that uh, I just wanted to really focus my my uh, my strengths and uh, and my time on on what I really love to do and uh, helping other people. So that's really what got me involved in in uh, becoming a personal trainer full time. Awesome, helping other people is definitely a really common motivator for a lot of people. Um, what was kind of the process in terms of, um, you know, you were interested in exercise and then deciding to actually, you know, make it a profession? Yeah, so um, it happened slowly over time. It, it, it definitely was a gradual process. I, it wasn't like I just stepped out of my door one day and just said, you know, here I am as a trainer. Um, I've had various different types of jobs in the financial sector and so forth. And um, I just started to apply myself gradually over time, kind of year by year. And I just started to devote more of my time and, and um, my energy in actually creating a career um, in, in, in personal training. Uh, but it definitely didn't happen overnight. I, I, I worked part-time, I worked a full-time job and the training on the side for a while. Then I did like part-time work and part-time training and then I did like full-time training. So it happened, you know, in kind of a uh, kind of step-by-step process to, to get to where I am now. Great. That's great. It's awesome with personal training. It's kind of the career, a career path where it seems like for some people, if they're not in it right away, that's really common. And it's awesome that, you know, it is possible for people to make that transition uh, to go do something they're really passionate about. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what happened. Uh, my, as far as my training background as a trainer, um, so I'm a certified personal trainer through the National Academy of Sports Medicine, um, also a uh, performance enhancement specialist and corrective exercise specialist through the National Academy of Sports Medicine. I also uh, am a Z-Health trainer, which is a uh, neurologically based athletic training system. Um, and I teach, uh, I teach Tai Chi. I've been teaching Tai Chi for over 20 years. Um, I'm a, uh, a consultant to Tufts Medical School and the VA Boston Healthcare Center where I uh, involved with research um, with patients, um, osteoarthritis patients, um, fibromyalgia patients, and now um, Gulf War illness uh, patients. And um, it's something that, uh, that I'm very fortunate, feel very fortunate about in the fact that it's something that I've kind of loved to do myself for a long time and to see it uh, kind of expanding into the clinical setting and being able to um, 
uh, work with different groups of people and have some positive results um, is is just uh, I think is a great thing. Um, we have a lot of splinter treat you know a lot of very specialized treatments um, for people, but the, these types of mind body exercises provide a, a lot more of a holistic aspect to health, which I think is uh, becoming more prevalent and uh, and I think we're going to see a lot of it to come. That's awesome. Keep up, keep up the good work. Thank you, Will. Appreciate it. Sounds great. Yeah, that sounds great. Cool. Well, thanks. Thanks for sharing that. Um, <clears throat> so we'll get into some of these questions. Um, sound good? Yes. Yeah. Sweet. Sweet. So first question, um, you know, some people, when they're thinking about fitness or personal training, a lot of the things that come to mind is, you know, somebody shouting in their face or P90X or insanity. Um, and a lot of people get turned off by that. Um, you know, they just want to live healthy, have a good life, you know, live a long time and enjoy the time that they're alive. What's kind of the, your recommendation or your response when people come at you with sort of that initial apprehension, but, um, you know, they really just have pretty understandable goals. Yeah, so the, so over the past couple of years, we have seen these types of training programs, uh, P90X and Sanity, many others, uh, come to be more popular. And, you know, if we just take a look at those types of programs, um, you know, basically what they're doing is they're taking basic exercises, uh, pull-ups, push-ups, squats, lunges, uh, overhead pressing, core exercises, plyometrics, and so forth. And they're really just kind of going at it. Um, they're putting them the exercises in a circuit, and they're doing these, this type of training. Um, a lot of these exercises are pretty rigorous. You know, they're, they're loaded with weights and so forth. Um, and they're doing this over for a sustained period of time. And... Um, which, of course, makes sense because if you want to build strength and you want to burn calories because uh, you want to lose weight and so forth, um, you do have to exercise vigorously for a sustained period of time. Um, I think what, a lot of, what happens with a lot of people that are attracted to these types of workout programs um, is they see that it makes sense to do this type of training, but I, I think one of the, the main kind of things that hinders people's progress is that they're they kind of they're a little bit, it's a little bit misleading that these programs are just going to transform them in the sense that you know a lot of the people that do these workouts in these videos, um, if we looked into their background, what we would probably find is they have a large portion of their life that they have dedicated to fitness and athleticism uh, and so forth, and they're in really good shape. Um, and the typical person that sits in the, at a desk 40 hours a week um, and it's kind of sedentary, you know, they, they come to one of these types of programs and, and buy these products, and they try to mimic um, those routines. And I think what happens is that it becomes overwhelming uh, because they don't have the strength and they don't have the, the, the movement or the mobility um, and, and just the overall conditioning um, that, these, that these people have. So um, I, I, it, it is kind of a, a – I, I think that uh, 
again, it's, they're good workouts. They're obviously good exercises to do. I just think that some of the times the approach to it needs to be a little bit differently, maybe slowing it down, and maybe they just need a little bit more work on how to do the biomechanics of some of these exercises first, and then they can gradually get into working a circuit-type routine like that rather than kind of hitting, uh, just hitting it right off the bat. And then I think a lot of people buy these things and, and look at it once or twice and never look at it again uh, just because it's, it's just too much. Sure, for sure. Got to get the fundamentals and, you know, take that step-by-step -step approach. Um, cool. Uh, Want to get on to the next question? Sure. Sure. So um, next thing, some people think, you know, a lot of the times fitness or achieving their weight loss or different fitness goals um, as kind of just this, like, math problem of I just got to do these workouts and, you know, eat these foods or, you know, all these things, but kind of neglect their mindset towards training or their mindset towards their goals. Some people don't even set goals. A lot of the times they're just you know, what's your goal? I just want to get fit, you know, really not always the most helpful thing. So what's your take on the importance of um, having the right mindset in actually achieving um, the results that people are looking for? Yeah. So uh, definitely it, it starts with under, understanding what the goal is. I mean, there's um, two questions I think that uh, are very important. And one, the first question is, what are they trying to do and how are they trying to do it? Um, the, for example, if someone wants to take a person, man or woman, wants to lose 20 pounds, um, it's a great goal, um, but I think that there has to be uh, a, a kind of a breakdown of smaller steps to get to that goal. I think that's where a lot of times that part of kind of planning and preparing is a lot of times is lacking, and that is where uh, it creates an impact of getting to the goal. I mean, example, if someone wants to um, lose 20 pounds, say, I mean, there's a lot of things involved with that. Um, obviously, they would need to exercise, and there's a lot of different options for exercising. So, you know, they would have to look into, okay, I need to do some resistance training, weights, body weight drills, uh, kettlebells, bands, whatever um, that may be, and also some cardiovascular exercise, you know, running, riding a bike, a roller, whatever is uh, kind of most suitable to them. Um, and in addition, obviously, they have to keep an eye on making meal adjustments uh, and keeping track maybe of how many calories uh, they're taking in, um, getting proper rest. Um, w with regard to meals, there's, uh, you're going to have to kind of carve out time to not only um, uh, do workouts, but preparing food, maybe bringing food to work, um, which takes time. Uh, also, checking with their family and, and, and organizing uh their work schedule, their home schedule, so they have time to exercise. So, I mean, a, a quick goal is 
you know, oh, I want to lose 20 pounds, but then you have all these sub-goals, you know, what type of exercises to do, how many times a week, what about diet and nutrition, um, what, where, where am I going to do it, what's the schedule going to be, um, and, and that type of thing. So I think the, the, the importance of the mindset in getting results relates back to the goal, but it also relates back to, you know, how can I break this, this endeavor down into small chunks um, so I can see the big picture and I, and I can stick with it to the end uh, kind of in an organized way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and like you said, kind of breaking it down into little goals, I think in regards to the mindset, sometimes people can get scared off by saying, you know, like you said, they want to lose 20 pounds and, you know, a week goes by and they still haven't lost 20 pounds. But if they set these incremental goals, especially kind of process goals where they can focus on, you know, let's say their goal is to, you know, work out three times this week or go for a walk every day, um, then their mindset kind of shifts to being in a more positive goal-achieving state where they're, you know, oh, my God, I'm crushing all these little goals. And then if they just stick to all those little goals along the way, then, you know, the big dominoes fall also. So, um yeah, that's you. right. Right. Yep, and I, I totally agree. It's a, it's like a self-reinforcing process um, when they can start making those small uh, achievements and, and just kind of build from there. Absolutely, absolutely. Giving people the control that you know they know they're they're in the driver's seat as opposed to just kind of hoping. Right. Right. Yeah. The. the uh, the more specific they can break things down and, and the kind of clearer the goal, the, the, uh, the easier the, the, the road will be. And I think that um, the more kind of vague the goal or how to get there, what the obstacles may be, and, and, and uh, kind of just not thinking through everything that's involved, um, yeah, it becomes a lot harder to, uh, to really motivate to, 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 to um to do the things they need to do and, and to have that mindset where where they, they, they feel good about what they're accomplishing. For sure. For sure. Got to feel good about the process too. Can't just be, you know, self-inflicted pain or whatever. Um, sweet. So we'll move on to the next question. Um, one question that comes up a lot uh People, if if people are in a gym or if they just see things online, um, you know, foam rollers and uh, other types of uh, implements to kind of do almost self-massage type work, uh, you see a lot of people using. Some people don't really know what they're for or just kind of roll around and, and hope it does something. Um, but uh, when people have questions about, you know, foam rolling or other kind of different implements like that, um, how do you kind of explain the the usefulness and uh, or why they should or don't, you know, just how do you explain what that is? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, <clears throat> you know, it, it's pretty common that uh, that you see these things in people's homes, fitness centers, and so forth, and uh, foam rollers, things like that, self-mild uh, trigger point release tools and, and things that have gotten pretty big over the, the past years. 
um, certainly they do what I typically tell clients is that you know they do have their their place um, they have pretty specific functions though uh, the foam rolling can help correct existing muscle imbalances so if someone has uh, typically this can be observed a, a trainer looking or someone with a trained eye looking at a client can look at their their static posture or look at them in movements and squatting movements and overhead pressing movements pulling movements pushing movements these things these different types of positions um, a lot of times or assessments um, can uh, reveal if someone has muscle imbalances um, and if they if they do have uh, kind of overactive musculature uh, applying pressure to those muscles creates uh, a decrease in muscle spindle excitation uh, which is called autogenic inhibition and it's basically shutting off the muscle so so this is good for people um, that some people are really tight um, so a couple of examples uh, where this can be applied would be uh, someone's maybe really tight and they need to do some stretching well if they do some foam rolling or apply this uh, some of those implements um, on, on, on some of that overactive musculature it can help their stretching become more productive um, a lot of times when a muscle is kind of overused it, it uh, there there becomes um, adhesions in the muscle and uh, lying on some of those uh, the rollers and some of them have different uh, kind of spikes or ribs to them and you can get in there and, and kind of uh, uh, release some some of those adhesions and trigger points um, so it is helpful for people um, to trick to use those types of things I think it, it, it should be targeted I sometimes I think or I've seen uh, people in, in working and rolling around on these things uh, and you know even even if there were, were many muscular imbalances found um, there doesn't need to be a lot of time spent on that type of thing um, so it, uh, it, it what I found personally in my own experience is it's usually people that have a little bit like uh, almost denser muscle tissue um, that uh, kind of respond better um, if you have someone that's quite thin uh, kind of bony uh, or um, you know uh, older people that just don't have a dense of muscle um, typically rolling around those types of things are quite uncomfortable uh, for them but um, it, it, with some clients and, and some people um, definitely they're good tools uh, again just to, to, to uh, to reiterate is, is uh, you know the, their usage and correcting kind of postural distortion problems um, are probably is, is where they're most used and before usually before stretching and sometimes for a cool down um, but uh, that's why a good thing um, for, for uh, someone that has or is concerned about being overly tight and so forth and, and struggling with flexibility issues uh, definitely would uh, do well working with a trainer uh, where someone could just kind of 
look at the way they're moving, look at the way they're holding their posture and so forth and be able to identify these things and then be able to kind of prescribe, oh, yeah, you need to come in and do some foam rolling on your calves, your quads, your lats uh, before you start doing anything else. And that way you can have um, a safer workout, maybe less chance of pulling a muscle and that type of thing, but also a more productive workout so uh, your movements uh, aren't uh, uh, kind of defined by overactivity in the muscles, which tends to uh, distort some different types of movements. That's great. That's great for sure. For sure. Um, I think that was super useful. And um, I, to expand on, on one thing you said as well, you were talking about how, you know, these are specific tools for kind of targeted use. And I think it's important to to kind of reiterate that sometimes, where especially in fitness, uh, these things come out and then it's like, everyone's got to use this, you know, this is what you got to do at this time. But um, it's important to understand, you know, it's good, but it's good for this purpose. And especially when someone can tell you this is the specific place you need to do this activity or, you know, this is the time you need to do it as opposed to just, you know, having every single person, you know, use this thing in this case yeah. or whatever else. So exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, um, well, that 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 um, is is so true. What you just said, because I think in the in the fitness industry as a whole, and I I, I think that there is an inclination or a tendency for uh, there to be almost like this cookie cutter approach, or yeah, just do this workout, just to pop in this DVD, and just do, and and it's almost like everyone is kind of under the same umbrella. <clears throat> but you know what we know from working with clients and the nature of the nervous system in the human body is like no two people are alike in strength and mobility and flexibility and body awareness and the way they're processing spatially their environment with their visual system and their diet and their hormonal levels and their levels of stress because of work and other exertion that they're doing and their injury histories um, and on and on and on, and supplements they may, t- may be taking, and medications they may be taking, um, and and when we apply kind of that cookie cutter approach, it's very kind of haphazard. Yeah, the the person that is maybe athletic or was athletic for a long time in their life um, that pops in the DVD. Um, might have a lot of success with that. Maybe someone that maybe is. Uh, hasn't had a lot of injuries or doesn't really have a lot of postural distortions or, or, or uh, tightness in their body um, or move, mobility restrictions. Um, but the vast majority of people, um, you know, they have different things going on and, and, and to try to uh, kind of corral them into a workout um, or have the workout supersede their their needs for, for uh to that that appropriately works with the level with their, with with where they're at. Um, it, it's so important, um, and uh, I think that you know that's one of the keys to success is is really to to work with people uh, with where they are. Um, you know, as a trainer, it's not to say that certain you know these different workouts that we talked about and so forth, or these different implements like the foam rollers and and the and, and those types of things, none of them are bad, uh, or uh, you know they all have their place. But it's almost like 
it depends on what that client's goals are and what their capacities are. Um, you know, and a lot of times, you know, what what's what we come across is you take is sometimes if if we are taking that cookie cutter code and you have that person that you know pops in that DVD and they're not really up to the conditioning level which is required for that type of workout program, they it, the whole thing becomes very stressful and it becomes almost like uh, an adrenaline dump and and you know it can it can be like we were talking about in the beginning, it can be overwhelming. And what happens is, you know, at the end of that, they might feel exhausted and it might feel kind of good um, that they did something. But that type of stress um, is not conducive to muscle growth. It's not conducive to weight loss, the, the cascade of those stress hormones. Um, and, you know, again, and, and, and can't stress enough, I mean, people that are serious about losing weight or, or changing their body composition and, and you, know, get, you know, just even creating overall health to get serious and, and really don't have the, the, uh, the tools themselves, which many people don't have, um, is, you know, working with a trainer to help navigate them through um, the many things that uh, are going to be required and, and the individual kind of components of what their workout program should look like, rather than just yeah, let me let's just all pop in the same DVD across America and everyone's going to be all great and fit because we, it just doesn't work like that. Um, as as uh, as is, you know, as as we all know at this point. Right, right. Um, well, some some companies still try to market that uh, that that's not the case, but um, yeah, that's right. It's it's so it's so important. I think um, a lot of the times people. You know, if they have their program or their training philosophy, which is important to have a training philosophy and things like that, but if the human body's a whole complex system, and like you said, there's so many different factors, it's important to, to fit the solution to that individual case as opposed to trying to sort of fit the person into, like, your specialized solution. Um, and that's a huge, huge problem, I think, um, not only in fitness, but, you know, all across the health sphere from everything from public health and nutrition and but that's very true it's uh it, like you said it depends so uh, yeah i'm yeah. sure we could go on about that for, for a very long time um <laughs> yeah that's probably um that that might be one of the biggest challenges that the fitness industry is, is faced with right now whether they know it or not um you know and and, and uh you know i think that a lot of you know it's 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 very well documented that um it's very well documented that you know, a lot of people that start an exercise program um they have to discontinue exercising due to injuries um and so yeah just slowing things down and and taking an uh an individual based approach um definitely makes sense sure for sure maybe that could be another podcast that's uh, right. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll we'll finish up with um one last quick kind of fun question and then uh, get your contact info if anybody wants to reach out. But um so so last thing, just kinda off the top of your head, but so hypothetically it doesn't have to be related to fitness or anything, but um you have one wish for, for anything in the world, you know, could be 
whatever. But you can change one thing in the world, magic wand, but only one thing. Uh, for you, um, what is what is your one thing? For my life personally? Uh, no, well, I mean, it could be. Or, or for the world. For, for the world at large. It could be for, I don't know, your town. What, what Literally anything. But if you can... You can do one thing that, you know, no holds barred, just, you know, what magic wand and it's Flip a switch? Yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, I mean, the first, I, I think that, um, you know, on, on a real big picture type thing, um, you know, I, I think that it would be to have kind of just everyone uh, kind of plugged into a collective consciousness. You know, I mean, we're, we're, all, we're all on the same planet, um, which is kind of whirling through space, um, you know, around a star um, with, with, uh, with the, uh, the seven other planets. And um, there's a, just a lot of kind of ego consciousness in the world. And... Um, and I think that, uh, you know, we're, we're at a place now where so many problems are out there and presented that uh, I think we could uh, have a lot to gain by people seeing the big picture. I'll just kind of leave it at that, though. That's awesome. That's, I, I totally agree. That's the understanding, you know, being able to see from other perspectives, that's huge, so. All right. Thank you. Yes, yes. Um, All right. Um, if, if people wanted to reach out, um, you know, any questions or or whatever, um, do you, where should people reach you at? If you have email or if you wanted to connect over social media or anything. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, no, uh, certainly um, I would just say probably email is the best. Uh, my first initial B for Brian, followed by my last name, M. U-C-C-I-O at gmail.com. Um, you know, uh, certainly uh, emails are fine. Phone number two, I believe my phone, 617-290-4512. Um, so email, call, text, if anyone ever wants to get a hold of me, questions or anything else, um, please feel free. Perfect. Perfect. Um, going through Goldman Fitness works too, so can always find the Golden Home Fitness info, goldenhomefitness.com, and all the social media channels. So, sweet. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Will. Thank you. Uh, pleasure um, chatting with you today on a, on a Friday afternoon, and um, catch up soon. Yes, absolutely. All right, take care. Thanks again. Bye-bye.